I am bold enough in Christ to command you, but I would rather make an appeal to you out of love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. This letter, this epistle is James, that James read earlier. It's notorious. It's not famous. It's infamous. In the sense that our Saint Paul, our namesake, our patron saint, does not, does not outright condemn slavery. That's what the book of Philemon is known for. It addresses the issue of slavery, but it does not just explicitly condemn it. And in that regard, it can often feel like our scriptures fail us when we're looking for a source of moral authority. St. Paul is writing this letter to a prominent and probably very likely wealthy Christian man named Philemon. And what he has to say to Philemon is hard. As the kids say, it's awkward. And the only reason that I'm being even just a little bit churlish and talking about this is that it's a difficult topic, and humor sometimes will be a salve for difficult topics. But St. Paul is letting us down. And that's what we do when we talk about difficult subjects. And slavery, slavery or the exploitation of another person for your own benefit, that's a difficult topic. So let me just uh, jump to the end of the sermon and say this plainly. Paul thinks slavery is bad. Full stop. He thinks it's bad. And he's trying to convince Philemon to set the slave free. But for modern readers like you and me, he is not being nearly directive and clear in this ask. In fact, he's sidling up to the issue. Like any good political speech, he first affirms Philemon about his spiritual life. You can hear it. He says, I remember you in my prayer. I pray for you. I remember you in my prayers. I always thank God because of you. And for all the love for the saints and the faith that you show towards the Lord Jesus. I pray that sharing your faith may become effective when you, see, when you perceive all the good that we may do that we can do for, for Christ. I've indeed received much joy and encouragement from your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, my brother. He's warming him up, isn't he? He's kind of kissing up to him a little bit. And you know this because we all do it. As my mother says, manipulation is a skill set. But then he drops the bombshell. You know the runaway slave of yours? He's been gone for a while, Onesimus. Well, he's been living here with us and has, in fact, been very helpful to us. And I'd like to keep him here, but I recognize that legally he is your slave, and so I'm willing to send him back to you, but I want to ask you a favor. Again, it's that sideways sort of talk where you're choosing to not speak directly 
about the thing that you want to ask about. It's avoidance, it's passive aggression. Call it whatever you will. But then he finally says the thing. Philemon, I am your spiritual authority. And I could simply order you to free him, but I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to ask you to do the hard thing. Something that very few people seem to have the capacity to do. I'm going to ask you to change your mind. To do something that you think goes against, that does in fact go against your own perceived economic interest. And I want you to see Onesimus not as a slave, but rather as your sibling, as your brother. Is Paul being a coward, or is he being savvy? Is he maybe remembering one of the teachings of Jesus where he said, you need to be wise as a snake, but gentle as a dove? As he said last week in church, I'm sending you out into the midst of wolves. Is that what he's doing here? Or is he talking to a person of wealth and power in ways that people who are wealthy and power have become very accustomed with deference and kid gloves? When did people who have power become so fragile? When Jesus tells us in very stark words to consider the cost of following him, even to the point of potentially throwing one's own family under the bus if need be, then Philemon's predicament gets tangled up in that sort of appeal that's always in the room in being a disciple of Jesus. It's a discipleship, it's a study of a way of life that potentially rearranges our loyalties and our solidarities. God's definition of family just got complicated. Yes, Philemon is your slave, Paul is saying. Yes, the system allows it, even celebrates it in some ways. But what God is asking of us the community of Jesus is to live beyond what is allowed and to do more than what is allowed, to be better than what is allowed. Paul says, I'm not asking you to set him free, per se. I'm asking you to do more than that. I'm asking you to treat him like he is your brother, a redefinition of family. And implicit in this ask, though, I think we all wish it were more explicit, is a command, but it's whispered. You know, it's said out of the side of your mouth. Set him free. Set him free. The temptation to command someone to do the right thing will always be there, always. But oh, how difficult it is, rather, to appeal to love. You and I today as modern, you know, modern human beings, modern people, when we look back on slavery, we're able to wonder how much sooner it might have been overcome had someone in the scriptures given us a clearer word than just side talk and political speech toward 
folks who exploit. But what we're not able to see maybe right now, even still, is our own blind spots right now that later, later generations will look back on and wonder why there wasn't much made of our exploitations or equivalents of slavery. Tomorrow, many of us will have the day off. Not everybody, but many of us will have the day off. It's Labor Day. It was a holiday initiated in the late 19th century as the trade unions and labor movements grew, trade unionists proposed that there be a day set aside at the end of summer to celebrate workers. But what if higher wages, profit sharing, what if those things like that happen not as the result of coercion or of public shaming, but rather because an employer and shareholders saw not the least that they could do, saw not just the thing that they were allowed, but rather the most that they could possibly do. And do this not as a moral command from some spiritual authority, but rather out of a love that sees our relationships as the ultimate kinship. Wesley White, who's an activist and a theologian, he writes this poem about Philemon. I've been waiting so long for you to do the right thing. My patience has been extended beyond my comfort level in order that you might voluntarily do good to another. In such, I've been complicit in your evil ways. I've aided and abetted your delusion of hierarchy let you get away with exploiting our kinfolk. How might we partner, we three so different and so connected? When will we set aside our givens and assumptions and our allows and set each other free? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.